Blog Talk Radio.
definitely to make that change. And, folks, we are the people that can do it. What a true song. What a biblical song. What a relevant song for our days and times that we're living in right now. Well, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Five on the Five Smooth Stone Network. Yes, yes, yes. I want to welcome all the human family to another episode on this Five Smooth Stone Network. My name is Brother Seth, and we've been doing this together, I guess, since about 2011. February, I think it was, we started this thing up, and it's been the little engine that could ever since. It's not a little engine so much anymore, and I thank the Father for it because of you. Well, how are you doing tonight? How's the human family doing tonight, especially those in the diaspora, those we call Israelites? Tonight's show is dedicated to you. Uh, This is about you. And um, it's not just to you, though. It's to the world. And again, I'm Brother Seth, and we're going to be joined by a lot of uh, guests and uh, uh, guest hosts here in a second. And so just want to just thank everyone for their time, uh, all of the followers since really 2011, especially my family, my bloodline family. I'm talking about that Douglas Kennedy family that's been uh, checking this thing out since uh, I guess it's been about, oh, I don't know, about three years now, more. Thank you all. really appreciate the love. Family, tonight, we have a very important show lined up for you, and I know I say it every week. It's simply because I don't do shows that's not important. I don't do shows that's not relevant. I don't do shows that's not uh, biblical, okay, because life is too short to be doing anything else. So tonight, for sure is a very important show, very relevant show. We have some servants, starting with myself, coming at you tonight to bring to you something they feel in their hearts. It's from the most high. It's just that simple. And uh, tonight we're going to be sharing some things that could save your life. Very seldom when you hear a show that could actually save your life. But there's a lot happening in America. Don't know if you know this in our family, but there is such a thing as population control. It is, in effect, they are trying to diminish the population. There's all kind of speculation as to what those numbers are. But the writing is on the wall. We all agree, black so-called black, so-called white, so-called rich, so-called poor. All types of people from all walks of life have come to an agreement that there is definitely a population control right now in progress. And it's not just to the so-called African-Americans, but it's also to our white, so-called white brothers and sisters. You hear me say so-called because y'all know on this show we don't believe on a race based on color. No such things. We're not black. We're not white. But it's just a quick way to get y'all to understand who I'm talking about. But but the powers that be, make no qualms about it, they want us, they want the planet a lot smaller. I think it's straight up from the enemy, from Satan, and I think that the Father has a plan to salvage his own. And tonight you're going to hear about that plan. 
and it's very a very very serious show family and friends i wish that it wasn't so but it is so they are truly truly trying to um get rid of a lot of us let me go ahead and read the show description and, and um and uh, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But earlier, I sent this to you in via text form or email form to many of you. Those of you who didn't get anything, you just called the show. This will be for you, really. Okay? But earlier, I sent this message to you. Preparations for our exodus as a Hebrew nation, part two. The generations are gathering. Join us once again for a more in-depth discussion on the movement of the Hebrew nation in the diaspora. Find out what is being planned to help us prepare for our exodus. Sister Eliana Badia, Brother Kalo, Sister Kaviva, Sister Karen, Sister Yaina will go deeper into the discussion with an insightful narrative from your host, Seth Turner, myself, on the Fives and the Stone Network. And so that's what's happening tonight, September the 4th, 2018. We're talking about a group of people that have made up their minds that America is not for them and they are leaving. Now, before I bring on my guests, I want to say something really briefly. I want to go into a few things, so I'll ask the guests to please hold on a second because this show is going to be turned over exclusively to Sister Eliana Badia. You will not be hearing from Brother Seth that much tonight. I'm going to try to say as, as much as less as I said even last week. So, But i got to handle a few little things here. I just want to say um, this show tonight, this show tonight is – for those that are serious about leaving this country, a lot of you I've talked to, well, not a lot of you this week since the last seven days, but over the years I've talked to many that have trivialized the idea of a people leaving America. Why y'all want to leave America? Y'all got these good jobs. You're going to go to another country. You're not going to even have a job. You're not have an income. You know, we can't get along. So there you're going to be outside of your, away from your family. Why do you want to leave your family? Why don't you live the people you love? You know, why would y'all go and move into the wilderness? I mean, just all kind of things I've heard over the years. This show cannot cater to you tonight. I know a lot of you are very intelligent, and you ask us some very good questions about these people that are leaving America. You're asking some very important questions about these people that are leaving America. I have this for you tonight, and I only can spend for, with you tonight about three minutes. This is your three minutes. The rest of the entire show is going to be talking to those who definitely believe it, and is packing up, so to speak, either for now or maybe for a few years to come. But they are leaving. Many of you are asking some very important questions. And some of your questions I can't answer. Because this is supposed to be the most high doing. So I just want to say this to you tonight. Just sit back, get your cup of coffee, cup of tea. And listen, just consider, perhaps, this might be of the Most High. This, this, this people, this remnant of people, African Americans, call themselves Israelites, getting up, leaving. Many of you don't even know we Israel. Many of you don't even believe that yet. 
and you tune into this show because your spirit, something in you just wants to hear what these crazy people saying. But you don't know that the father's really is a setup. He he got you to listen to the show because you're gonna be one of those as well. So this is my advice to those of you with doubt that think this is trivial, think this is silly. Just listen tonight. Consider it. Remember what Paul told Timothy? Timothy, just consider what I say. And the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you in, in all things. The Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide us. He's going to lead us. So, but listen, sometimes there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. I'm talking about those of you that's got doubt. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But right now your way is saying, I ain't going nowhere. Okay, that seemeth right unto you. Not to go nowhere. You're in the number one country in the world, you say. What are you talking about leaving for? Where are you going to go? How long are you going to stay? What are you going to take? How are you going to exist? How are you going to live? And even if the Most High opened up the Red Sea like the Israelites and they went across and they were definitely taken care of. A few days later, after all those miracles, a lot of those people said, Moses have brought us in this wilderness to die. Some of you think that. Why would I go to a place when Egypt was so good to us? Again, tonight's show, I ask of you, please just listen and give the ladies and the brother and myself a chance. We love the Father. This ain't about hating the white man, all this stuff. This is about people who love the Father and is, is trying their best to survive and follow the will of the Father, more importantly. This may not happen in the next year or two. This may be something just to get our minds to start thinking about, you know, because we got to start entertaining the ideas of a place, a home outside of America, because it never was the home for any of our people. They have never, they're, 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 their heads have never found rest. They've never been able to lay down really in peace. Now, I know the Father gives you peace wherever you go, but... We haven't been home in a long, long time. We have, haven't as a nation had a flag, had a song, had places we can call our own with that pride that, that, that comes with being a true citizen. We haven't had that as a people ever. So I ask of you tonight to listen, consider. Folks, our people is going through hell in every tiny aspect of life. We are suffering beyond all of our counters, counterpart, all of the people, nobody in this country goes to what African-Americans go through. Nobody suffered the way we suffer. In every aspect, it don't matter what it is, you can just name it, it can be religion. The way we look at the Father, how we've been brainwashed so much by the, those powers that be. How they taught us to look at God and our Father or the, or, the, or the Yahweh or Yahuwah or the Most High, various name we call the Father. How they had us looking and how they have us looking at him today. Having us doubting our very Father, having us doubting our very existence, our, our skin, color, who we are as a people. Having us doubting our identity, having us doubting just... Being a human at one point in our in our existence, our forefathers even, you know, they had us doubting that we was even equal to them, or even can be can be. I mean, who have 
yourself in the area of religion, and I'm coming to you, guests. The area of education. Who's less educated, least educated? Who suffers more in this area than any other people? This is why we need to be thinking about going to another place. Listen to me, family. Listen to me. This show tonight. This fat. This 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 show tonight could save your very life, and if not your life, your fourth, your your children. Because we need to start thinking about our children, our children's children. All these things we're going through. It's not just the police shootings. It's the education system. It's, it's oppression in health and medicine. It's oppression with regards to laws, how they're biased. Rules, how a lot of the rules are biased. White brothers and sisters, listen tonight, you know what I'm talking about. We're not treated like you are with regards to laws, rules, law enforcement, judicial. <laughs> what about foreign policy? Look at what our what our country is doing to so-called non-white pe- non-white people all over the globe. Sending our boys in armed services. They're they're taking our children, going across the waters and oppressing non-white people with our children. This nation is a wicked nation. It's a wicked nation. This is no doubt the land of our enemies. Not calling all white people devils, anything like that. But this system is an enemy. And the players in the system is not just white people. That's what's scary. It's to a point now, family, where even our own people are the face of the enemy in America because they're true to the system. And when you just obey the law, mind your own business, you just and just stay, just go through your everyday life. You oppress non-white people if you do a good job because the system is slanted to oppress us. I'm talking about when you're not trying to do nothing to nobody. If you just go to work and just do your job. The job is the way they're set up, how they're set up to hire, how they're set up to fire, how they're set up to, to work who for what amount of money. It's oppressive. No, this is not your home. It should be. You're not going to get an argument out of me there. And again, folks, welcome to Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm coming to you guests in a little bit here, but I've got to lay this stage. Because I've been talking to a lot of people that think we cuckoo. And we're not going to cater to them the whole show. But I just got to spend a little few more minutes and then we'll come to you. Because I want people to understand. You might trivialize going to Israel. But you need to start really thinking about your children. And this population control that is serious. That's got all ethnic groups complaining. But we're being oppressed, folks, in economics, where it relates to houses, where it relates to housing discrimination, housing quality, uh, just redlining. We're, we're, dis- we're, we're, we're discriminated with uh, regards to what goes on in our neighborhoods, what is our neighborhoods, uh, the construction of our neighborhoods, how we're looked at, how our children look at even where they live. Uh, the, the, the suburbs, the, the, the racism that's, that, that, that constructed the suburbs with the redlining, we're, we're, we're just discriminated upon and mistreated, and it's, it's such a unbalanced system where it relates to uh, 
even something as simple as environment, uh, environmental issues, our, our, our neighborhoods just swimming in lead poisoning and, and how our, our, our environment where we do live and where we do uh, spend most of our life, how it's just not the same quality as it relates to the environment. And there's things as simple as, I mean, folks, every tiny aspect of life, nutrition and food, the mass poisoning of non-white people, we are dying like flies in this country. So why leave America? Are you kidding? I guess the argument would be on you. Why stay? The scripture already has predicted that most will stay. It says only a remnant will be spared says that everybody will know who Israel is in the latter days, Ezekiel 37 and other scriptures, but only a remnant would be returned. So tonight, this show, this show, tonight, is dedicated to the Israelites, to those that have the heart and the mind that do understand everything I said, and even in more details than I just went into, how this truly is not our home. It should be. We pay taxes. We die, you know. <laughs> We do all the things that should come with citizenship, but we don't have it like we should. And some people is bright enough to know it's time to make that change, just like the songs say. So let's do this. Go ahead and get ready to bring on our guests. If you're supposed to be on the show tonight, supposed to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press one right now. Everybody that's supposed to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press one. Uh, and just let me do a few things here, and I'm going to come straight, straight to you. Starting with Sister Eliana. And remember, folks, press one if you have any questions or comments. For our guests, not now, but once we get started here, because we want to get the guests on first. Making sure y'all bear with me here. Just one little second. Make sure we got everything here. Got all my notes lined up. Uh, not so much notes, but just things I must do because again, I'm about to take a backseat. Okay, we're ready. We are all ready here at Five Smooth Stone Network to bring on our guests and get this show started. What show are you talking about, brother? Sir? Preparation for our Exodus. As a Hebrew nation, part two. I want to remind everybody, if you forgot, uh, excuse me, if you didn't, uh, if you forgot to tune in last week and you did not get a chance to listen to that show, please tune in. All you got to do is go to Google, type in blog, talk radio, five smooth songs, and just go under the, te- under the topic, preparation for our exodus as a Hebrew nation, part one. Check it out. Oh, you can hear from Brother Kalo and others, and Sister Eliana, myself, and Sister Kofi. I'm not going to name everybody, but part of the show last week. That's how you can get it. Um, folks, go ahead and text your friends and family. Let them know that Five Smooth Stones is on the air right now. Now's the time to do that. Let them know. We're on, we on, we on swinging right now. Um, so go ahead and text uh, your friends and send them that link that I sent many of you in your email. Just send that link, and that way they'll be able to get all the information at one time. Okay, and also, before I bring up Sister Eliana and our guests, follow the shows, follow the shows, uh, that same information I sent to you. Once you clicked on that link and you saw the, the blog talk radio, 
uh, uh, page. Go there and just simply click follow and follow the show. That means a lot to those of us that do these blogs. It helps us on all types of ways I can go into right now. Remember, you can Google all of our shows. All you got to do is type in again. Go to Google.com, type in Five Souls Song, Blog Talk Radio, and you can have any of our older shows. Okay, now it's time. All right, let's go to Merced, California, and get our, our co-host, Sister Eliana Badia, area code 209-233. Sister Eliana Badia, welcome to the show tonight, my sister. Thank you, and shalom, and, and um, shalom to all the listeners and to all the guests that are going to come on tonight, and uh, just looking forward to offering up a wonderful um, bit of hope and um, information and education on the steps coming towards us and the journey ahead. Well, amen, sister. Amen. It's going to be a powerful show. I feel it in my spirit. Okay. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have another guest over at 707980. Who am I speaking with? Go ahead and give us your name and what city, please. Hold on one second. My bad, my bad. Uh, all right, let's try, let's try it again. Area code 707980. Go ahead and introduce yourself in your city, please. This is Sister Kaviva. I'm calling from Vallejo, California. Vallejo, California. How are you doing, my sister? I'm doing wonderful. A blessed shalom to everyone. I'm excited about tonight. It sounds beautiful. I just can't wait to hear everything unfold itself tonight. It's going to be beautiful, I believe. Well, I can't wait to hear from you tonight as well. Okay, and let's go back to the phone lines. We have area code 314596, another guest that's going to be on tonight. Give us your name and your city, please. Hold on, I did the same thing. Y'all bear with me, your brother here. My computer's a little slow. I tried to, uh, let's try it one more time. Okay, area code 314 Five nine six. Go ahead and let everybody know who you are and where you're calling from. Shalom. I am Karen Osborne. I Hi, Sister Karen you. Osborne. How you doing, Sister? <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So good to be on tonight. Looking forward to learning. Have my ears open and my heart ready to receive what's going to be spoken tonight. Well, we look forward to hearing from you tonight as well. What city are you calling from, Karen? Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona is in the house. I am so glad for you sisters. Y'all did such a good job. I listened to that show, I think, um, at least one and a half times because it was just that good. So much information, so much information. Again, folks, if you missed the show last week, you missed a treat. You missed a treat, I'm telling you. So let's go ahead and do this. Um, I don't see any other hands up at this time. Sister Eliana, uh, you got, are you going to have any more guests, or should we just play it by ear? What, what do we have? Well, we're expected to have. We were expected to have uh, Kalo, brother Kalo. He was flying in from Ghana, West Africa. He was supposed to be in the states today, but maybe he's still getting settled in from the flight. So we'll just play it by okay. ear. Okay, let's play by ear, but Brother Kalo, if you are in the house, go ahead and press 1, and we'll bring you on. Brother Kalo with the gentleman that called last week and just 
talked about his move, and and hopefully he'll tell you talk more about that. But sisters, listen, I I, I just want to just tell y'all really briefly. I know I'm going to jump in the background, and I really am going to jump in the background unless y'all have a question for me. But I just want to just say, want to thank y'all so much for what y'all did last week. I mean, you really, because what I'm finding out, people are trivializing this. Now, again, we don't want to spend any time on them. Really, tonight is not the show to, to debate them and all that. But the way Brother Kayla laid out the practicality of this, he made it such a, a tangible, realist, like, folks, this is going down. And y'all was such a support cast around us. Sister Eliana did her thing, as she always do every single week. So I want to thank y'all personally because we have a lot of people out there talking to even some of these folks that's going to make a decision, but like Sister Eliana said, say so often, the Father has those who have put in their heart, and uh, they see the light. They uh, they know what population control is. They know that it's coming. It's real. And uh, they ain't playing. My sister, just real quick, my sister's been talking about this for years, and she doesn't even know why. She doesn't even, she, she didn't even believe we was Israelites at the time. And she said, I just feel like I need to just start preparing. So Sister Eliana... I turn the show over to you now, my sister. Do your thing. And, uh, again, I can't thank you all enough for coming on the show and alerting and alarming our people as well as giving them practical instructions uh, for this exodus. Go right here, sister. Okay. So, shalom, everybody. And, again, my name is Eliana Batya, and I am co-hosting on Five Smooth Stones. And we're talking about the preparation for our exodus as a Hebrew nation uh, we did a show last week, and so this week we're going to do a part two, and we are going to go into some of the practical steps and some things that are already being done. Um, we did have a few guests that we wanted to come on. We're not sure if they're going to be able to make it, but that's okay, because I have some information on both of the extra guests that I wanted to have on the show, and we can share with you some of the practical things that they are putting in place, and it is an open invitation so it's not uh, a violation of any by any means because this is open to all of us as Hebrew people so that we can prepare ourselves for the, what the Most High is requiring of us as a unique, independent nation inside of the United States of America, inside of Europe, inside of China, inside of Japan, inside of uh, all of the nations where... We have found ourselves to be living and scattered, but having our roots based on that continent that the world calls Africa, but us being the people of the Most High, the people of the book, the Hebrew nation. So we're talking about our time of release tonight. We're talking about getting prepared to continue to fulfill scripture. And that's what this show is about. And in, in the beginning, I'd like to read out of Deuteronomy chapter 30 a little bit to give you a background of what it is that we're talking about. So we already understand, um, as you've been following along and in your personal life, you know how difficult it is to be a citizen right now of any nation where we are not completely in control, we are not the ruling nation, we know that there are policies and things that have been against us, but many of us don't know why. And, and a lot of us over the last, I would say, 10 years or more, 
we have begun to hear, we begin to understand, study, maybe information has come to us. We've seen it on YouTube, the Internet. Maybe we've run into people in our hometowns on the street corners. And everyone is saying basically the same thing, that we are the Hebrew people. We're the people of the book. And the the, the, the truth of the matter is we are. But some of the people are teaching it as if, wow, you know, we're the people of the book and look how we're being treated. And, you know, somebody's got to pay. Heads are going to roll because we've been mistreated. But we have to go a little bit further back because in the same book that we've discovered that we are descendants of, we have to understand why we're in the condition that we're in. And we do know that in Deuteronomy 28 and in Leviticus 26, the, the Most High laid out before Moses, the leader of the of the Hebrew community after the Exodus, he laid it out to them some conditions in order for the people to follow him and to to remain in that good standing with the Most High. And so it, it really broke down to some blessings and some curses. Blessings, the blessing side are really short because they're really easy to keep, but it's long-lasting. But when he got into the curses, he was real descriptive because he, he had Moses really go into detail about what would happen if we didn't, if our ancestors did not keep the commandments, the statutes, the all of the things that the Most High was asking our forefathers and, and as a nation to keep. And those rules applied to them at that time throughout their generations up into our day and our children and our future generations. So this was a covenant between a people, and it's a generational by generation, by generation, by generation, by generation requirement. Since we die after so many years, the Most High never dies, so he expects the information to be passed down to our descendants, to our children, and to their children, and to their children. So he he expects to have a perpetual, everyday walking relationship with the Hebrew nation as a nation in general. And he loves even more to have a, a one-on-one relationship with us individually. So there were some conditions that were set up in order, because we have to remember the Most High is in heaven, we are on the earth. We can never attain to the kind of righteousness that we need, even with the blood of the Most of, of Yeshua, we can never attain to the kind of righteousness, because we still live in a sinful flesh, we still live in a, a broken world, but we can have a spiritual connection to the Most High, our Creator and our Father. And so there were some conditions that Moses laid down for the children of Israel for the Hebrew nation at that time. And so we can, if we read through Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, we can see all of these things that was said to have happened or would happen to our nation if our forefathers, if ourselves, if our children did not continue to keep keep these uh, blessings and walk in these statutes, commandments, and and conditions that the Most High set up for a people. And we can see ourselves, when we look around, we are living out 
in many cases, those curses. I, I know on a few shows back, Brother Seth was saying, but, you know, if we're walking in the most high, if we're walking in the newness of life and we're renewed, then those curses don't apply to us. We start walking in the blessings. But as a nation in general, the nation has not come through the time of all of those things. And also the most high gave to to uh, um, Abraham, he told him that your descendants, would go into captivity, would be strangers in a strange land for 400 years. So that brings it to our time now, because we have, we have to understand, when the Most High told Adam and Eve in the garden, in the day that you eat of the tree, you shall surely die, the day they ate of that tree, they did not drop dead. But Adam did not make it one day with the Most High, because the Scripture tells us one day with the Most High is as a thousand years. Thousand years is as one day. Adam did not live a day with the Most High after he ate the fruit. Yet he lived nine hundred, I believe, uh, nine hundred and some so many years. But it, he did not make his day. So it's the same thing. He didn't die immediately, but he surely didn't hit that one thousand year mark either. He lived through the greater majority of that day but he perished before the day could end and become a new day. So same way, when those prophecies were given, the, the, the children of Israel were continuing to break the commandments of the Most High. But today we are living through those curses, and they began largely for us as a nation in 1619. And so now we're coming to the close in, in 2019. So when the Father says something, it's not immediate. See, we're, we're used to our time frame and our understanding and our uh, short lives. We, you know, our lives are but a vapor. But for the Most High, it's not like that. He's looking at it over a thousand-year spans. And so here we are. We find ourselves coming to the close and the fulfillment of what the Most High told his servant Abraham maybe four days ago, four days ago, 4,000 years ago, maybe five days ago, he told Abraham, your descendants are going to go through a time where they're going to be mistreated. And they're only going to be in that condition not even a half of a day because it's only going to be 400 years, according to the spiritual timeline. So it's not even a half a day. It's a, it was a severe punishment, but it's not even going to last a half of a day, certainly not even a full day. So 400 years is coming to a close, no matter which calendar we're looking at, Gregorian, Hebrew calendar, it doesn't matter. The time is still the time. And it's going to come to a close. So I want to start with Deuteronomy chapter 30 so you, we get an understanding about what we're talking about. We're talking about after this close, after this 400 years, after 2019, when it's, when it's reckoned that the 400-year period has been summed up, this is we're preparing for an exodus. It's not just moving away from the country because 
they're doing population control. That's not what this is about. It's not moving to save ourselves. That's not what this is about. Because if that is what it was about, we would not have redemption from the Most High. And if that was what it was about, we could go to any nation. They could come after us and get us and bring us back or oppress us where we were. That's not what this is about. I don't want you to get the understanding that this is about a, a, a black movement of we got to save ourselves because they're coming after us. It's not about that. What this is about is fulfillment of a greater work of the Most High in the earth that he's talked to his trusted servants about three or four or five days ago in the spiritual realm, in the kingdom realm. It's about closing the door to some other things and setting order on the earth. That's what this is about. It's not about our individual oppression or even our oppression as a nation. It was our punishment. It was our spanking, if you will. It has nothing to do with, yes, they're killing us, yes, but that was all part of the punishment. So now let's talk about what we are looking forward to, and that's in Deuteronomy 30. And it, I'm going to read. It says, Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you as a nation, and then you call them to mine among all the nations where the Most High Yah drives you. So we were driven out, we were captured, and we were scattered. We were taken, some by ship. We were forced out. They put yokes of iron. And so we were taken to the four corners and all the nations. And the Most High said, we will, bring, we will call them to mind as a nation. See, we weren't there when this originally happened. But now as a nation, we're waking up with the knowledge of who we are. So the Most High put it in our DNA. And then now he's calling it, he's activating it so that we of this generation have an understanding. And so he says, when you call them to mind among all the nations where the Most High drives you and you return to the Most High, your Yah, and obey his voice. See, this is not about what we think it's about. This is about, as a nation of people, our only way is with the Most High. We can be everything we want to be, and we know it's not working because we're living it every day. But when we connect with the Most High properly, the wheels start turning. Things start to move. Things start clicking. Things get in line. And that's what this is about. It says when you return and obey his voice according to all that I command you this day, and you and your children with all your heart and all your soul, not half of our heart, our two minds on the situation. Well, I can play the devil's advocate. I can be, no, no, the Most High is not going to accept that, and he's not going to accept you. You have to come with all of your heart, all of your soul, and the Most High will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Most High, your Yah, has scattered you. 
So so right there is telling us the condition of our exodus. It's not just up and cut and leave. It is making sure that our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our souls have reconnected to the Most High Yah. It's making sure we're keeping his commandments and obeying his laws and his statutes. They gave us Christianity. They gave us Christendom, which is two different things. It's not working for our people. We might think it's working individually, but it's not working for our people. We have to obey the Father who created the heavens and the earth. That's who we have to obey. And some of it, some of the tools of Christianity come out of the commandments of the Most High. But if you really look at the tenets and the principles and go deeper, you'll find out that there's many contradictions to what the Most High told us as the Hebrew people to do. So we don't we can't follow that. We have to follow the Most High. So that's the foundation I wanted to lay for what we're going to be talking about. It's talking about our exodus, but we need to know why. It's because the Most High wants to gather us, but only after we do some due diligence to the Most High, only after we come to a place where we recognize his power, his authority over us, his majesty and his might and his supreme will. When we can do that and we decide we're going to obey completely, wholeheartedly, us and our wayward children, he's ready to do business with us. That's the kind of people he's looking for. Unfortunately, all of the Hebrews are not going to make it. I I really hate to break that to the listeners, but if you are going to fight and argue with the Father about his own plan for your deliverance, I'm so sorry. You're not going to make it in. You're not going to go on this journey because he's not looking for you to come with that attitude and that spirit. We've already been through the chastisement. He's not going to allow you to bring your marijuana, your drugs, your um, filthy life, your filthy ways. He's not going to allow it. You're not going to go. I'm sorry, you're going to stay in this nation and go through more oppression. But those that are preparing themselves, who really have an understanding, who are going to do business with the Father for real, be honest, sincere, who are going to really obey, they're going to be welcome. And the Most High is going to continue opening up supernaturally doors and ways and connections for his people so we will all be gathered at the right time for this exodus. So I'm going to I'm going to open it up to my other co-host here, to Sister Kaviva and Sister Karen. I want to thank you so much again for being on with me tonight. And I'm going to open the floor for both of you to uh, jump in now and just um, continue. We're, we made that foundation. And just go ahead and share um, in this area of the foundational part of why we're being gathered. And uh, as the Most High gives you the utterance, go ahead and um, I just open that floor and yield it to both you and Sister Kaviva and Sister Karen. So go ahead. Amen. Amen. This- Sister Kaviva, Sister Karen, if you want to go forth, you could go ahead. No, you have something. No. I have something to you as well. Yeah. No, you go ahead. I'm I'm good. All right. 
You know, I was just listening to you, Sister uh, Eliana, and I was wanting to go into uh, verse 6 of that Deuteronomy chapter 30. And it says, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, then he goes on when you say this, and then he says, the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you. See, we once we turn to the Most High, like you're saying, with a repentant heart, God is going to change the captivity, and he's going to cause his glory to be upon us, and he's going to turn those things, what the enemy has tried to do, uh, and our, the people who have heeded us, all of that that they have done to us will be turned back against them once we come in alignment with the Most High. So what you're saying is so beautiful. Yes, we have, we have to, as David put it, I go into when David was talking to the father, when he was found out uh, that he was wrong by uh, uh, having relationships uh, with Bathsheba and then going in and, uh, and having her husband put on the front line to be killed. When he realized that the Lord had called him out of his sin and showed him uh, through the prophet, telling him, you are the man that have done this thing, uh, David began to understand that he needed to be cleansed with hyssop, that he needed to be washed, that he may be whiter than snow. He needed the Father to lead him in the path of the everlasting. Then he said, and then he could teach others his ways. So when we come together as a people and begin to, um, praise God, when we begin to come uh, uh, together as God is delivering us, this is where the first part of our deliverance is going to be, is a part, it's going to be a part of repentance. We have to recognize that there is nothing good in our flesh. There is nothing good in us except the most high. And that he needs to get our minds right, our hearts right, our, our souls right. He needs to circumcise us and so that we will be willing and ready to serve him and him only. That we will no longer waver in our thinking, but our minds will be steadfast and focused on him and him only. So I'm just kind of agreeing with you, uh, Sister uh, Eliana, about what you're saying, because this is what God is calling us to, holiness. And he said, without which no man will see the Father. We have to come into holiness with the Father. And so that can only be done through the cleansing of our ways. Sorry, sorry. The cleansing of our ways, the cleansing of our life, the cleansing where the Father comes in and he says, this is the way you will walk with me from this point on. 
This is how you will keep my commandments. You will follow all that I have set for you. Uh, this is the way. You have to divorce yourself from traditions of men and how you have learned to worship me in your captivity. Now I'm bringing you into my way of worship. I'm going to divorce you from all that you know and bring you into what you should be doing to serve me and me only. So, uh, Sister um, Eliana, I, I just I hear what you're saying, and what you're saying is so right with the with with um, with the Word of God, uh, with God, what He's calling from from us uh, in this point of Exodus, in this point of being set free. Because I'm reminded of the Scripture when the Scripture says, "Whom the Son has set free is freed indeed," and that free indeed, when He comes and delivers us. Is going to be us. We're going to be liberated. We're going to walk in the liberty which has been set before us, as Yeshua said. He said, "You're going to walk in the liberty which was set before you." And so this is it. When we come and realize that there was nothing good in us, but it was all in the Father. So I'll turn it over back over to you, Sister Eliana. All right, and Sister Karen, go ahead. I come with a question. I talked with Sister Soundy uh, before, and I'm hoping that I can get a clearer understanding. Um, first of all, I the timeline. I understand the Exodus. My my mind goes to the question: Once we are delivered, as verse three. Of the 30 chapters says Then the Lord your God Will restore Your fortune And have compassion on you And gather you again from all the nations Where he scattered you So my question is uh, We're living in, in What a lot of people term As the end times Is it possible um, That this time This exodus Flows into the millennium, or is, is it after uh, the, the, the tribulation, or am I all wet? I'm, I'm trying to to um, <laughs> trying to get an understanding. I, uh, you know, I, I certainly agree, I, and I really don't. You know, it's for my benefit. Okay. Is there a, where where is all of this transpiring? In, in so here's time? okay. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Are you? I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm done. If you okay. understand what I'm asking, I'm done. Yeah. So here's what it is. So we have to remember that where we learned of all of these things was in our, the churches. We have to remember, and if we didn't know, we should know. The church system did 3,500, over 3,500 manipulations to the scriptures, to the Hebrew scriptures. And where they inserted themselves in places where it talked about Israel or um, the Hebrew people. And they Mm -hmm. omitted information so that they could paint a picture. So if you understand from the church standpoint, the end times is all bad and Satan's coming on the earth. And it's a lot of terror and people are going to be beheaded for the witness of Christ. 
but the but the Christians are going to be raptured before all the bad stuff happens. But then somewhere in there, this is from this is going on the timeline of the church. God's going to deal with Israel, but in the meantime, those Christians are going to get up out of here, and they're not going to go through anything bad. And all those that rejected Christ are going to be suffering and be the minions of Satan, and they're going to have to choose whether or not they're really going to serve Christ or not for all eternity. And if they choose Christ, they're going to be beheaded. So it's a real gruesome picture that we grew up understanding and thinking that that is exactly what's going to happen in the in the very order that it was told to us. But what they omitted was the true timeline of what the Most High is talking about with Israel. Because, yes, there is going to be a catching away, which the church calls the rapture. But before those things happen, remember the scripture said when, when, the, when the Messiah was on the earth, he said, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. Nation will rise against nation. All of these things are going to happen. He said, but these are only the beginning. They're not the end. They're the beginning of sorrows. So when when he was telling his uh, his Talmudim or his disciples, he was letting them know a lot of bad things are going to happen, but it's not the end yet. The end is still some time off in the way that the church tells it, in the way the minds of most believers think, oh, when you see all these bad things happen, you know, we're going to get out of here and escape it. But that's not what the Father is saying. We have to also remember that the Father says that when he judges the nations, he's going to do it through tempest. He's going to do it through storms. He's going to do it through earthquakes and fires. That is the way the Most High judges the earth and moves on the earth. So he already said he was going to judge these nations that held us into captivity. Also, He's going to deliver Israel, which is going to be a great thing for us. Now, if we look at, if we go back and do a parallel study with what he did in Egypt, ancient Egypt, he began to thunder upon Egypt with plagues, pestilence, all kinds of calamities. That was the nation that had oppressed his people. Some of the things. Those plagues the Hebrews experienced along with the Egyptians. I believe on the first five of those plagues. But then when he when he got to the plague of darkness is where he made a distinction between Israel and Egypt. Because in Goshen, where the, the Hebrews were, they had light, but Israel was in complete darkness. And then they, he had to go through all the rest of the plagues up until the death of the firstborn, and then Pharaoh let the people go. So if we look at the parallel, last last week we talked about the parallel and the timeline. If we look at the parallel and timeline, we, we will see it will probably mirror very much what he did in ancient Egypt. So we see a lot of problems. We see fires. We see volcanoes erupting. We see uh, earthquakes. We see storms. All of these things are increasing. These the, the earth is being judged because of how it's treated the people of the Most High. Not just for its sins, 
but particularly how it has mistreated the people of the Most High. And now the Most High is saying he already let us know after 400 years the curses would be broken. He's asking for our repentance. He's asking for our deliverance, uh, not deliverance, but our faith towards him, our truth towards him, and our complete obedience so he can bring us out. He is judging the nations. So this, the thing about the timeline is right now we're coming to the close of something for, pertaining directly to us as a people. We know that after the curses, he's going to want to bring us out. So what we're preparing to do is come out. Now, he's still going to be judging the nation. And so what... But what's happening is that as he is judging the nations, he's preparing his people. As we read, as Sister Kaviva read on in verse 6, he's going to, I mean, I'm sorry, um, in verse 7, he's going to put all these curses on our enemies and on those who hate hate us. So we still we see that there's going to still be some time before the end comes, before the rapture, before all of those things. This is going to be the restoration of Israel. This is going to be our coming out. This is where the nations are going to look and see what the Most High has done and say truly he was only angry with them for a moment. Because remember, we're talking about days in terms of the Most High's calendar, which are in thousand-year spans. So when the nations say it was a moment, that was just the, our captivity. That was our chastisement, that period of time, which in human time was 400 years or more, a little over 400 years. But in the, in the most high's time, it's not that much time, according to the heavenly te- calendar, the heavenly tables. So am I answering your question? Am I giving clarity or, 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 or bringing more confusion? Oh, no, 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 no more confusion. Um, I, I, I think what I what I understand is that uh, the gathering of the nations, if the timeline does exist, would be prior to what is known as the tribulation. Yeah. Okay. I I can I can yeah, <laughs> I can understand that. Okay. I think it's also simultaneous because just as the the Israelites were preparing to leave Egypt, Egypt was still resistant. So it it was twofold. There were things going on where, like during the Passover uh, time, where they had to put the blood on the doorpost. The Hebrews were given a warning. Were given a warning and they were given instruction so that none of the Hebrew firstborn should die by night. Now we have to remember, Hebrew people are still the same people because the scripture said we're a stubborn, stiff-necked people. Hmm. But I think with seeing all those plagues in that confined place of Egypt maybe brought a little bit more obedience. But I, I, I can almost bet we had some stiff-necked Hebrews and probably were married to Egyptians. 
And so when mm-hmm. when uh, they said we have to put this blood on the doorpost, uh, I'm sure some of those Hebrews thought they had arrived, they had acculturated, had acclimated, and that they were accepted. They probably didn't put that blood on the doorpost, and they mm-hmm. probably the loss of their firstborn. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that that happened. I'm pro- I'm, I'm I'm almost positive that it did. Mm-hmm. So what we have to remember yeah. that the Most High is moving simultaneously. He has he's working out several storylines at the same time. At that point mm-hmm. in Egypt, he was working on making the Egyptian nation and all the nations around about Egypt understand who the true and living Yah was over the entire earth. He also did that back in the time of Daniel when Nebuchadnezzar thought, you know, when they when they enticed him and made a statue to him and said, if, you know, if any man prays to any other god or beast uh, except for you, uh, they should be thrown in the fire. And when the, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you know, we're going to pray to the Most High Yah, and they were thrown in the fire, the Most High did that so that the nation, that, that nation could recognize the Most High. And he saved the, the Hebrews in the midst of the fire. So he was working on two timelines at the same time, two storylines at the same time. And then he was mm-hmm. working out individually in each of the three Hebrews and also in Nebuchadnezzar. So this this is how our father works. This is how the Most High Yah works. He will work out a timeline, and it's working simultaneously with another world event or a great event because truly the Most High is the Most High of all the earth. He truly <laughs> is. Eliana, if I may jump in, um, I have a question. If you can, you want to take it now? Have the hold. What do you want to do? Go ahead. Okay, uh, folks. And again, if you have any questions or comments, always press one on your phone, and I'll come to you when I can. Okay. All right. Area code nine seven two eight zero five. Go ahead with your question and comment. Go ahead and let us know your name and your city, please. Uh, this is John Clark. Um, I guess I will claim Inglewood, California today. How's it going, brother? <laughs> How you doing, brother? How you doing? Very good. Sister Eliana, how are you? I'm well. It's good to hear your voice. How are you? Likewise. I'm great. I'm great. Um, while I've uh, heard Sister Kaviva, uh, how are you doing? And, and uh, I missed the, the uh, last Karen. name. I just want to say hi to everyone. Hi, Sister Karen. Hello. Um, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Um, I, as always, from time to time, would slip in and, and uh, listen to the five smooth stones as, I, as I've done over the years. And today just happened to be one of those days. That's my pleasure, Appreciate brother. It. You know how we do. Um, very interesting topic, no doubt. And uh, <laughs> I, I like it because what it does is it, make us, it makes us take things that seem uh, pie in the sky, and we have to put pragmatic application to these things, such as, how is the gathering taking place? And the question that was posed, I like that question, that being you have the physical gathering, but then you have the quote-unquote rapture, which never was stated as rapture, but it's stated as the catching up. And the question becomes like, okay, well, what takes place first? When does this take place? Yada, yada, so on and so forth. I think for me, and I'll kind of put a question on the table for everyone. Um, 
But the question that one must inquire of themselves is, am I a new creation? Because if you are a new creation, the scenario is not going to happen the same for you as the physical example. When I say physical example, um, I'm referring to the Israelites that, as Sister Eliana stated, became a nation within a nation, that being in Egypt. They went in 70 souls. They came out a nation. They became a nation within Egypt. However, they were for our example, as stated in 1 Corinthians 10, and I want to say verse 11, somewhere thereabouts. Um, they're there for an example. What was taking place with them is for an example for us to look and to get an understanding of what's going to happen with us. And Sister Eliana already stated it, where those birth pains that were taking place, they're going to take place again. And, and uh, in the same way that they came out, we're going to come out. However, if a person is reborn and they are a new creation, that means that they have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That down payment, as it were, has been placed on that individual. They, there's a seal that lets the Spirit knows and lets Christ knows who's his and who's not. And the reason why that's important is because if you look in Revelation 7, it talks about how an angel is told not to hurt the grass nor the trees or whomever the case may be until all the tribes are sealed. These, these 144,000 that so many people have talked about, it talks about how these 12,000 from these various tribes of Israel, this is physical Israel, folks, because it's naming these tribes, and they're sealed. However, when we go to Revelation 14, it begins to further cameo that 144,000. And one of the things that it tells you about, one of the attributes of that 100,000 is that they were the first fruit. And that's important because at this point, that 144,000 are now in Mount Zion. They're the first fruit. If we go to, I want to say Deuteronomy 26, but it could very well be Numbers 26, it tells you about the feast of the first fruits. And that feast is such that when you have planted seeds and your harvest is growing and it's getting around this time in the year, time to harvest those plants, when you see portions of your field starting to become ripe, you're to go and you gather them and you create a sheet, which is just a, a bundle of, let's call it corn, and you take it to the priest, and that priest is to perform a wave offering with that. Those, that's, the, that's what you do for the first fruits. And the reason why that's important is because it's an allegory. It's letting us know that those first fruits are just as it states, first. That 144,000, first. What does that mean? That means that the rest of the harvest is still in the field. The rest of the harvest is still in the field. So in Revelation 15, we actually see that that harvest is gathered. There's one who comes on a cloud like unto the Son of Man who had a crown on his head and a great sickle, it states, 
And an angel comes out of the temple and it says, thrust in your sickle into the earth because the time is now to harvest. And so he thrust that sickle into the earth and he harvests that, that field, if you will, which is the earth. And so the reason why I bring this point out is because if you are born again, as I believe, I know Sister Eliana, Brother Seth, I'm not familiar with anyone else, then you, when you're gathered, you're going to be gathered in the sky. You, at his coming, he will come back, and he will, it, it, in the twinkling of the eye, at what the last trump. Therefore, for the people who want to know, are we going before the rapture or at the end of the rapture or in the middle of the rapture, it tells you right there, at the trump. It tells you in, in Thessalonians. It tells you in Revelation 11, at the last trump, there was a great shout in heaven. That same shout is the same one in Joshua when they went to the battle of Jericho. They went around Jericho seven times. What did they blow trumpets? When were they to make the shout at the last trump? Well, Brother John, hold on one second. Sister Eliana, I'm letting you control this now. Just if you need to stop him and answer or let him go on, it's up to you. Oh, no, no, he's it's fine. It's in your hands. Okay. Yeah, Go no, ahead, he's okay. I think that was yes. a good question because you have a, people like Sister Karen that need to get this kind of clarity, so this is fine. Okay. And uh, by the way, uh, Sister Eliana, it'll save me a whole lot of time trying to send you a message, but I'll just go ahead and tell you, since we paused here, there's a gentleman in the chat room that says, uh, what is a rapture? I told him you probably couldn't answer this just this moment because we're we're not really talking about the rapture per se. Uh, that's I am the universe. Ask that question. So if you get around to it, okay. if you feel led, he wants to know if you can define the rapture. Go ahead, Brother John, or Sister Eliana, whoever. Okay. Okay, I'll finish up, Sister Eliana. Thanks, Brother Seth. Oh, John, Brother John, thank you so much for calling in. I think that was really uh, great to bring in that understanding because, you know, we're not the know-it-alls. We are sharing because we want clarity. We we want it's it's um there's a there's a saying that says, brethren, my earnest prayer and hope to God is that all Israel be saved. In my heart, in my in my mind, in my spirit. When I think of Israel coming back and, and pleasing the Most High, I see so many faces of people I don't know. When I when I see our people here it being oppressed in the United States, you know, I want so much. I want so much that they come to an understanding of who they really are and leave this Babylonian system and mindset and false religion and return. Um, that is my prayer, my hope, my earnest sincere hope is that all Israel be saved. And the in, in saving of all Israel is the redemption of the world. Because look look at what happens and and, and then I want Sister Kaviva and, and Sister Karen to, to, to answer. And I believe we have a question in the chat room about what is the rapture and we can t- we can answer that for um the listener in the chat room. We will answer your question. Um but I wanted to say that when we look around the world we see how we influence every culture, uh, our music, our slangs, our sayings, our style, our dress, whatever we do, whatever we do. You know, if a Hebrew comes out and clicks his heels and, and jumps up in the air and turns a somersault, it's not going to be long before the entire world is doing it. And even those that, that oppress us and hate us, you know, it will take them a little longer. They think it's cool. 
but it'll take them a little longer before they actually incorporate it. But everybody is doing it all over the world in every nation, all the young people. So we, you know, we lead the world. We actually are the leaders of the world. And so it's, if we know who we are and we really understand the power we have in the Most High and what he's doing for us, and, and, and we really submit, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, the power that we would really have, and, and the nations would be healed. Because many, many of the inventions, if you really look and study, they, they're, t- they're taking it from us. You know, somebody else is prospering because they have the wherewithal, the means to get it on the market and make money. But, you know, they, they, they take everything from us, the, the whole world. They take everything from us. So we're a very important people. But, you know, the Most High gave us that, and that's a gift. You know, it's a gift. But truly the most important and most beautiful thing is when our people are walking uprightly, when they're walking in their dignity, when they're walking in their true calling and purpose. It's beautiful. Because even when we're walking in our error, we're very flamboyant. We're very... um, Demonstrative, and people follow us, whether it's in our error or if we're walking in our righteousness. So, my sincere, earnest prayer to the Most High is that all of Israel be saved. Um, but I want—I'd love for Sister Kaviva and uh, to jump in on and on brother what J- Brother John was saying, and also Sister Karen. Um, I'd like for some feedback from you because I think that was a really good uh, answer, in-depth answer on your question. And so um, go ahead, ladies, and jump in. And then we want to answer the question in the chat room about what is the rapture. So we can all take a little part in that, okay? Yes, Sister Karen, go ahead. Well, I really wanted to um, address the rapture um, and get a a clear understanding. I do know that um, there are several schools of thought regarding the rapture, Um, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. And um, it causes some confusion. But um, I I do understand the catching away that the uh, the scripture tells us that the the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Always my concern, as I stated earlier, is that that timeline, when and where and what, what's going to be happening uh, with the rapture of of a catching away and and the dead in Christ, where where they're going and what they're going to be doing, because I just think there is a time um, period there that, Many of my Christian friends don't recognize. They think that um, with the rapture and the catching away, it's going to be, you know, we're all going to be caught up. And, and but I, I think, from what I can understand, and help me, there is a time lapse between the first resurrection or those that are, are resurrected first and those that remain. So I'm a little foggy on that. Maybe you can, in answering the rapture question, can also talk a bit about that. Okay. Uh, Sister Kaviva, 
why don't you, do you, would you like to get some feedback on what Brother John was saying before we tackle the rapture part? Because it's yeah, uh, what he was saying, he was really on point because, you know, even in the uh, um, Hebrew terms of, of of teaching, because actually, you know, there's no word for religion. I was bringing this out before in the Hebrew term or Hebrew uh, dictionary for religion. It breaks it out in three words. One is called the halak. The other is the aura, and the other one is the dot or dot. And the halak stands for to walk, a particular way that we are to walk, a path, or a set particular way, uh, meaning a way of life or to live a particular way or to um to um uh, uh and so that means okay to walk and then you go into that and that means to enter into the door with a mark okay to enter into the door with a mark and when you go into the other portion of it what you get here is uh the word dealing with um I'm sorry, hold on one second here. Uh, you have the or, the das, and the halak. And to enter, when he was speaking of the mark, and, and when the angels were saying, do not destroy until all had been sealed, that's the mark that we are to have. But really, the or means a path that we are to travel, which means a lifestyle or a path. Uh, that we are to take. And so with that means walk with that mark, that seal upon our heads. Now it kind of goes into what the Father said a long time ago when we they were to wear the, um, uh, the, the thing on their head, the scriptures on their head, that mark. It's kind of like a symbol, a sign. And so, but with this, God has marked us with, the, with this ruach, and we're sealed. So what he's saying is very important that we understand, yes, there is a seal that is set upon the people, and there is that 144, and there is a criteria that that 104 made it in for a particular place. But then there is a great ingathering. So he was very on point in all of what he was saying, and um, uh, that he was hitting things very much on target. So that does deal with the, um, uh, the uh, you know, the uh, the rapture, so to speak, of the being caught up with the Father. Uh, and so uh, to go back to, like, Sister Karen and what she was saying, uh, you know, it all culminates together. Here's one of the things that I would say to everyone who's worried about when and timeline and how everything is going to come about. One of the things that the Father told me was this. He told me, I said, Father, what shall we do then? When all of this information was coming, my, he was downloading. He said, which, how should I live? He said, be holy, for I am holy. That's the first word he gave me. And then secondly, he said, occupy until I come. 
a lot of times what we need to make sure that we are doing the work of the Father. And, and, and yes, we are to understand what's going on, uh, but we won't be able to pinpoint it because we don't know the time, the date, or the hour. But only the Father knows. It's, he's the only one that actually knows. But we do know that these things are going to happen because he said that they would. And so one of, that's one of the things I wanted to say about being caught up at the rapture, so to speak. Uh, so see, Eliana, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Okay, so then I do want to go back into the understanding. For, so first of all, for our listener in the chat room and for people who are going to be listening offline and uh, via archive, the first the term rapture, it's a, it's, um, it's a term used by Christians, um, and particularly in, in, in certain branches of American evangelism. Right, and it's a term that refers to an event. So a lot of times you hear believers talking about the end times, what are the end times. And what we've, what we've understood them to be from Christian teaching, and especially uh, Hollywood, Hollywood tells us the end times are these very terrible, scary, scary events where Satan is in control and lots of bad things are happening. Demons are walking the earth and, you know, demons have always walked the earth. That's not the first time. It's not just because of the end times. They've they've been on the earth. They've been walking the earth. Satan's been walking up and down in the earth, through it, and all around it since the beginning. So, but the but the way that we have understand it in our later times. We see a lot of these movies, they're all scary. It's the day of, you know, zombies, the day of the dead, all of these bad things are mixed in with what are the end times. Also, catastrophes, disasters are also part of it. So it's really a big play on fear. And so the rapture, again, a movie, movies were made by Christians about the rapture. And, and basically what it means, and, and simply it's a term that means that many Christians, and it's coming out of a scripture in the Bible, but let me go back and just give you the simple term before we go into that. So it's it's a belief that the people who serve God or who are walking or born again accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Sister Eliana, for time's sake, I'll say this. He, uh, he, he understands, I believe, that. I think he's challenging the whole belief system of the rapture. Well, we well, what I, that's I'm what I think. Is, I, not, I just didn't want you to be thinking he's a, no, uh, you know, speaking, a person never heard it. Well, I'm not just speaking to him because we don't know who's okay. going to listen to archive. Okay. So I'm, I, what I'm doing is I'm laying a foundation for whoever else will listen to this broadcast. And so basically okay. it is an understanding that believers in Christ are going, living and dead, are going to be caught up to be, meet Christ when he comes back, that he's coming back to the earth, and that when he, on the time of his coming, these uh, uh, dead are going to get up first out of their graves and be transformed with a new body, and then the living are also going to be transformed quickly after that, so quickly that you can't, you know, not the blinking of the eye, but the twinkling of an eye, um, the, the time that a little bit of light passes into the, the um, cornea of the eye. So it's that's the understanding that most Christians have about the rapture, and the world does too. So for anyone listening, that's what the rapture, that's what 
people mean when they say rapture. It means that they're going to be transformed, they're going to be changed, and they're going to be caught up in the sky with Christ, with his return. So that's what it means. Now, it's in Scripture. It's in Thessalonians. A lot of the uh, writings um, that were in the first church, you know, information, because some of these men walked with uh, the Messiah, and things were revealed to them. They also, there are, there's reports that they, they saw his body literally transfigure um, and change. And so their understanding, we have to remember we are several hundred years, many hundred years past that time, actually 2,000 years past that time and, and some days. So our, what, what's come down to us is only the writings. We didn't have the firsthand experience to understand it the way that they were communicating it. So that is what, you know, the understanding is there's going to be a physical transformation and a catching up and being caught into the sky to be with Christ when he comes back into the atmosphere of the earth. That is the... Um, in essence, that is the rapture. So um, I wanted to address that because the question was in there. And, again, you know, my the way I teach, I, I, I don't teach argument. I don't feel that I need to argue a point because this walk with the Most High is not about that. There are so many millions of people that are hungry. I don't have time to address someone who wants to debate the scripture, I just I don't engage in that, I, and I will never engage in that kind of. That's a waste of my time. If a person has a sincere, honest question, I'll give some time to it. But if a person wants to be combative and challenge, you know, I'm not going to do that because that's a waste of time and energy, and that's the work of Satan. Satan uses that to to throw us off of course of what we are. Our purpose is so I don't I don't spend time in negative things like that. If if a person really wants to know, I will time, but I'm not going to spend time on a debate in an area that's a non-debate area. So going forward in the show, we're talking about preparing for our, our exodus. And again, we can have the, we can share the same skin tone, we can share features, but it doesn't mean we're Israel. We have a lot of people in our country that are not Israel. They have woolly hair. They have thick lips. They have dark skin. Some have light skin. They have a finer grade woolly hair. Um, Some, you know, we have many different variations of Israel, but we also have the Hamitic people who we share close DNA with who are not Israel. And remember, the Most High said, you know, the the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing. So to someone who looks like us or not, and they feel that this is foolishness, is possibly because they are perishing, especially if they're at a certain age. If they're young and they've never been taught, that's one thing. But if they're older and they still believe this is foolishness, don't waste time. This person is perishing. They are not on the trajectory where we're going. We have, we can't be sidetracked by foolishness because the enemy can disguise himself in many forms, and he can draw you off your course, and you'll end up at the end of the day 
and this is to all of us listening and together, you can end up at the end of the day exhausted and drained and not know why and saying the same thing over and over again and not understanding why they're not getting it. Well, this is just designed to just throw you off. It's really an attack. And we have to realize when we're under attack and we have to know how to deflect those kinds of attacks and move forward in our purpose because the most high will give us strength if we're operating in our purpose and we're operating in our calling. He will give us the strength. But the enemy is always going to be our adversary, and he's always going to attack. So we don't have to spend time on attacks. We want to talk about, going forward, the preparation. So in all that we've been saying, we know that for the Hebrew people, the Hebrew people are going to be gathered. The Hebrew people have been brought uh, through chastisement, punishments into their captivity. Now... The Hebrew people are coming to the end of their captivity, and the Hebrew people are the ones that are being prepared for the gathering out of the countries where the Most High scattered us because he has a purpose and a plan. I love it how Brother John came in and talked about first fruits. First fruits are so important because what you see in the first fruit ensures what you will see in the harvest. And the first fruit is that um, that blessing or that offering to the Most High, where the Most High, and He brings in that um, the harvest, which is so much greater. And there's the joy. There's there's joy in that first fruit. So um, I loved how He mentioned that and tied it back to Israel and the first fruit offering. And then with that first fruit, there's also a wave offering. And so the Father is bringing this understanding because many of us are part of the first fruit and some of us are going to be part of that greater get greater in gathering but also we have to remember as the messiah said Not let the wheat and the tear there are tears there are those and i said that i I'm, I'm saying it again there are people they share our skin tone our dna they share our complexion they share our characteristics but they are tears among us we don't know who they are. We don't know that they are tears. Right. It, could be, it could be running with this person and, and discussing with this person, and that person could be a tear. But the Most High said, let the wheat and the tear together. During the harvest, separate them. i got to look at them. Okay, we have hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, Sister Kaviva, you might want to mute us. I think you have some noise on your line there. And then when you, and then then when you want to share, just unmute us if that's Sister Kavita. I think that's that line. We can hear you loud and clear over here. <laughs> Go ahead, yes. Sister. Uh, uh, uh. Hold on a second. Can you mute her phone? I thought that was Brother John, but it's not. Uh, it is definitely Sister Kaviva. Sister Kaviva, uh, I'm going to mute you for now. Brother John, your line is still open. Were you done with Brother John, Sister Eliana? Um, if, if Brother John would like to jump back in, it's, it's quite all right. It's it's okay. Okay, hold on one if second. Okay, Brother John, were you done with your question? Any concerns or comments on things you've heard? Okay, Brother John may have stepped away. Okay, so I'll go ahead and mute his line. He is listening. That's a good thing. He probably stepped away to get a cup of coffee or something. But Sister Viva line is muted for now. I'll open up her line here in a second. But go ahead, Sister. Okay, 
So what we so we're talking about that preparation. And, and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And if you don't mind, if we can take a break here in a little bit, you can then let it. I'll wait on you to tell me when. But if we could, that'd be wonderful. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just let me know when. Share, beg your pardon. Just let me know when. Okay, I, I will. All right. So I was going to share also that um, uh, Sister Yayina, who had wanted to be on. Um, it's talking about something. She is a sister that has a project. It's called the Yehuda Project. And what she is purporting is that uh, there is a gathering that she is calling for, for all of the Hebrews to come to do a repentance um, together, to come together. And I, I will look up, you know, we'll take, when we take our break, I'll look up information on that if anybody is interested and it is a public gathering she is calling it is open to all hebrews who know that you're hebrew who's trying to reconnect in the proper lines with the father um not taking anything away from salvation because salvation is very important as well and and having a deliverance and having freedom to walk with the most high so all of that is important but as a Hebrew people, we still have to go a little one step further in terms of our understanding and keeping, you know, the, the commandments and the things of the Most High intact. Because we were charged with these things, we are called to be those leaders in the earth that will lead the nations in. So we have to maintain that standard that the Most High has given us. So. That is really important what she's doing and what she is proposing. And, of course, we're coming, you know, we're starting to wind down here in 2018, this being of September, three months to go in this in this year of 2018. So I, I will get that information and, and have it ready afterwards um, on that Yehuda project and that day of repentance. But I've also been doing some research around the world and uh, in many places, in Israel, there is a brother that's leading the newly returned um, uh, people, Hebrew people coming from the United States and other countries around the world. They are actually going out, and um, they're going into, uh, I believe it's near Hebron, where King David, um, which was said is also Jerusalem, another Jerusalem, um, where he... Uh, was going, and they are, they have been repenting out there in the wilderness. The people are getting down, and they're beginning to cry out. And you can you know that it's a real sincere cry because you can hear it's a very guttural sound, and the people are really crying. Now I can say that that happened to me when I went to Israel, knowing nothing about who I was, knowing nothing about being a Hebrew. I thought I was on a Christian tour to the Holy Land. And yet, when I got into the, uh, the land and stepped on the soil, this real guttural cry, I doubled over in pain. I was on the floor. I was crying out, and I was repenting in a strange way. I wasn't saying, forgive me of my sins, God. Deliver me. I'm a sinner. I accept, you know, you as my Lord and Savior. I wasn't crying that way. I was weeping, and I was repenting for the sins of my forefathers for our nation. I had no understanding of what I was doing at the time until I came back to the United States 
and began to search the scriptures and began to realize that this is the way Israel needs to repent. And then many years later, in this time, since I've been co-hosting with Seth on Five Smooth Stones, I discovered that there, the Most High is doing this with Hebrews that are returning to Israel, and they're not going into Demona. It's not the Demona group, but it's another um, gentleman, and he is recognized. He wrote some protocols, and even the, the Jewish nation around the world are using his protocols for Israel and the right of return. And this gentleman is a Hebrew, and he is leading Hebrews into repentance in the wilderness, in the land of Israel. Very, 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 very powerful. Very powerful. So I believe that what uh, the Most High has given Sister Yayina for the Hebrews to begin to repent and to come together collectively is part of our preparation for our exodus. So, uh, Sister Karen, would you like to chime in right now and, and ask a question or make a comment about it? Because I think after this we can go to a break and um, we can um, um, come back. Yes, 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 yes. You said something um, that really um, confirmed the scripture that I've been uh, reviewing even today about uh, repentance. Um, how the word of God says that when they were in Egypt, he heard their groanings and he moved with compassion. And it was brought out that that's when they were delivered and, and we're able to, to repent and the groanings of the people got his attention, God's attention, and he moved with compassion. So, to hear you say that she is organizing uh, Hebrews um, for repenting, I'm really excited about that because that, to me, is exactly one of the ways that we have to prepare for the Exodus. Well, I also want to say, you know, in the United States, we get this, um, in, we get a false encapsulated view of the world from what we see on television. But in reality, what the Most High is doing is so huge, and it's happening all around us. The United States news is never going to report this. They're never going to tell us what's going on. It's censored, it's filtered, and a lot of it is contrived, and it's, they, it, they keep the people in a certain place. They give us a lot of nonsense. What bread and circuses is what they give us. A lot of food, commercials, and places to go eat, and circuses, and a lot of entertainment. And the people are kept in a, a uh, you know, and even in the churches, a lot of times it's tickling your fancy, you know, um, entertainment. But the Most High is really calling his people out. So this is not an American thing. So I'm sorry that Americans who haven't been exposed to what's happening in this, especially Hebrews that have not been exposed to what's going on outside of the United States. I'm really, really sorry that you, you, you can't, it's hard for you to accept who you are as a person of, of, of being a, a biblical person of, of standing and of worth. I'm very sorry that you can't see yourself in that light, but, 
the Most High is drawing people, and it's it's getting larger and larger, so much so that the state of Israel is in a turmoil right now because they know that millions of Hebrews are about to come on that soil, and they are the rightful heirs to the land, and there's nothing they can do about it. They are very mm. upset. They are very upset that those um, in the in the Knesset, which is the government of Israel, they're very upset. They are in a turmoil over what to do, because we have brothers and sisters who have left far before us. They have gone ahead, like Jacob of old, and they have gone and they have taken their stand. They have declared the, their true right of return. They have talked with the Knesset, they have spoken to Israel officials, and they know that they are the people. They can t- they can tell it by bloodline, ancestry, history. They know that they're dealing with the real people, but they know it's just a floodgate because millions of us are in the United States and abroad, and we're about to come back, and they are afraid because they have built their land, their culture. They have built it on deception, trade. They have um, harmonized with all the, the European Union and all the um, the um, United Nations, but they are not the rightful heirs. Those people sitting in the Knesset, those people that are in power in Israel, are not the true people, and they are getting and they are being in, confronted by Hebrews who know who they are. Very respectful. They're very intelligent. And it's not just Bobo and, 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 and all y'all, you know, I, I hate to use this term, but it's not all y'all niggas, all y'all think y'all somebody. It's not that. These are intelligent individuals the Most High has breathed upon. They've gone ahead of us, and they are there, and they are speaking. A lot of them have authority, and they are afraid. And so the Most High is, is, is doing this work all around us and in this country. And so it's better if you just turn off your television, your radio, your cell phone, and you start praying and seeking the face of the Most High to get directions. We have to unplug from Babylon in order to understand who we are and where we're going. So I wanted to make that, and and I think we can go to a break at this point. I want to look up on the break um, the information for Sister Yayina's um, Yehuda Project and um, give that information when we come back. on brother Seth ready for the break Somebody's asking how long will prejudice blind the visions of men? I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, it will not be long 
Because true Christers will rise again. Yes, sir. How long, not long. Yes, sir. Because no lie can live forever. Yes, sir. How long, not long. How long? Yes, because you shall reap what you sow. Yes, sir. How long, not long. How long? Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yes, sir. Yes, that scaffold sways the future. Yes, Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. How long? Not long. Because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Yes, How long? Not long. Because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the village where the grapes of wrath are stored. He's loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. Yeah. Glory, hallelujah. That's Glory, hallelujah.
again, you've been listening to the Five Smooth Stone Network. This is Brother Seth, and I've got a, close, uh, a host of other co-hosts joining me tonight for a very insightful topic where we talk about preparation for our exodus as a Hebrew nation, and this is part two. Again, if you missed last week's show, you can Google that show by simply typing that title, Five Smooth Stones, on Google. All right, and any other shows you've missed, simply go to Google and just type in Blog Talk Radio, Five Smooth Stones, and you'll be able to get all of over 370 shows. I want to thank every single one of you for your time. The phone line is still holding strong. I don't think hardly anybody has hung up. We've got all kind of articles. I really appreciate that. Remember, if you have a question or comment, go ahead and press 1 on your phone lines. Now will be a good time while I'm looking at... The phone line, uh, this, it'll be a wonderful time to press one now where I can see. I don't want anybody to say my hand was up, you know. But I am just uh, thankful for for, for the, what the Father is doing with his uh, uh, once chosen people. And obviously he has chosen them again. And uh, it's not a fleshly thing. This is a spiritual thing. It's a covenant he made with Abraham a long time ago that his seed would be great. And there's some things that are supposed to happen. And as you know, many of you know anyway, there's, there is a remnant to return to the land of Israel. I believe it with all my heart. I've been preaching it for over 25 years. You can go all the way back to 2011. Brother Seth was talking about this remnant that is to return. So, again, here it is, 2018. We're still talking about it, and I still believe it just as strong. As a matter of fact, that's, that's another reason, folks. When I went to Israel, I was so passionate about taking people. And I got a niece that lived there as a result of that message that I've been preaching. She literally said, I am gone. And she is in Israel with her family. And there's several of you listening probably to the show tonight. I don't know, if, I don't know who we're all along, but and you know, I took in almost all my family, those that would go. And so, uh, again, preaching this message of this prep, of this um, return of uh, uh, y'all's people to their rightful place. All right, so let's go back to the phone lines and turn the show back over to Sister Eliana Badia. Uh, and Sister Eliana, your line is now open. Sister Kaviva, your line is now open. And Sister Karen Osborne, all the way in Mesa, California, your line is now open. Go ahead, ladies. All righty. So I was, as I promised, we're back, and I had looked up um, the Nation of Yehuda. It's online. And uh, I, I wanted to tell, I wanted to give him information about uh, Sister Yaina's project for the repentance here in the United States, the collective repentance. Um, but I, on her page, it doesn't actually have the the actual link. I know that they do have a conference. It's called the State of the Nation Address, where they actually come together and they um, talk about what's going on for our nation as a people. Within our nation, not the United States of America, not the problems we're having is, you know, with America's problems because we are a nation within a nation. We have our national um, affiliation to the United States, but we also have an internal nation that we're just now beginning to address and awaken. And, and this is what we're talking about on Five Smooth Stones, about our nation of Israel with the Hebrew people. We are the Hebrew people in the diaspora we're talking about our nation. And so, um, but I don't have all the information here, but if you want to go to the Nation of Yehuda, uh, I, be, I believe her, her website is, is uh, N-O-Y Monarch 
www.ghostsandhealing.us, and that will get to their page. And then they have some steps where you have to register and do a bunch of things before you can go into the interior pages for the stuff that Sister um, Eliana, excuse me, I mean, I, I, I mean to cut you off, with, I have to do this at 10 o'clock, right at 10 o'clock. Uh, those of you that's listening on the Internet, you clicked on the link because a lot of you have links. You must call the phone number right now. You're going to be disconnected at 10 o'clock, and you have to listen to this in the archive, the rest of it. So the number real quick, really quickly, probably right in front of you, is 914-205. Five five nine oh two five. Uh, repeat nine one four two zero five fifty five ninety. Proceed. Sorry about that. Okay. And actually, while you did that, that was powerful because it looks like they just. I, I don't know what happened. I clicked on something. It took me to another page that was actually open, and it took me to their page, the uh, Nation of the Yehuda, the Day of Repentance. Our four hundred years sentence will be served. They were asking for uh, people to join them 2018 at their annual State of the Nation, which just happened to have passed on September 1st and 2nd in Cincinnati, Ohio. But that was just the State of the Nation. I know that they are calling for a day of repentance where Hebrews can get to um, together. And so I would give you their email addresses, the Yehuda Project at gmail.com, if you want to get more information about that day of repentance coming together as a people. Uh, it's most likely going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio, if you're close, if you can make it. I think that would be great for us as a people to really come together. And, and, and we may have to, you know, Sister Yaina is doing that, but it may be that the Most High will raise up others and we'll gather closer to our locations for uh, um, more days of repentance throughout 2019 as just a way of commemorating and actual returning and uh, sincerity toward the Most High, letting him know that we recognize why we're here and what has happened to us over this period of time. I think that's the key to all of our preparation because, again, we're talking about preparing for our exodus. And the scripture says wisdom is the principal thing in Proverbs. It says, therefore, get wisdom. But with all of your getting, get an understanding. And a lot of times we've come out of the church system where we didn't really have an understanding. Uh, you know, we weren't, we, we really could not ask the questions that needed to be asked or questions we had concerns about in the time of the church service. It was all pre-planned. Um, there was a time for the, uh, the worship, a time for the offering. Maybe there was a testimony service, but please don't make it more than 30 seconds or else they will cut you off. You cannot tell what the Most High has done for you because nobody really wants to hear it in the church. And then we will go to the preaching, and then we'll eat, and we'll go home, and we'll do it all over again. And that, in, in that kind of um, being trained up that way, we don't ask questions. We don't get to find out what's really going on. We are told what, how we should feel. We are told what we should believe, and we are told um, how to respond. So the Most High is doing something different. He's bringing us together on one accord, but it is time to ask your questions. It is time to get clarity. It is time to get an understanding, as the Scripture said. And we do need to have an understanding because with that, it helps us learn how we should position ourselves to walk with the Most High. 
So I wanted to open it up um, now that uh, we're back after the break, Sister um, Karen and then Sister Kaviva. I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Sister Karen, are you on? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Are you able to hear me now? <clears throat> hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. All right. I, I'm so pleased to get that information regarding uh, Cincinnati um, traveling to in Ohio. Hopefully, I can uh, I can uh, you know hook up with them and get a better understanding because, like you said, it's important that we understand. It's only if I understand am I able to move forward. Um, that's why I ask the questions. <laughs> it sounds um, a lot of times very elementary, but I just need to understand. And I believe God is pleased with that. Um, he encourages us to be wise. And I do want to be wise. I don't have time to waste time. Therefore, I have to get an understanding of where we're going, and 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 uh, to make Eliad with is uh, Israel, and why am I doing that, and and what um, am I pleasing God by doing that? Because I do have some people that are concerned that if we are going away from, for instance, the United States, what about um, discipling and um, doing the work here? So um, I have an understanding that going back to my homeland is vital, is important to me. But there are many in the circle and and, uh, the Christian circles that bring in that. So what do you do? I know we don't argue scripture. Um, What are your thoughts about those that, that remain here? Okay. You know what, I'd also like to say this, too, in, right in line with your question, which is wonderful. Um, we have to remember, we're, go- we're not going back to the wilderness. We're going back to Israel. And what the Father has done, I believe since World War II, a little after, he has allowed those Ashkenazim to go into Israel. They have gotten money from all over the world, they've, they've told their story, the Holocaust story. And, and, if, and when you think about this story, this one particular theme that is their claim to fame, the Holocaust, the Holocaust where Hitler killed 6 million Jews, is the reason why they're allowed to go into the land, is the reason why Christian churches are giving money to them so that they can re, go in and dig up all of ancient Israel and restore it uh, to beautify ancient uh, the, the streets and the land and to rebuild houses and to plant vineyards, the Holocaust. However, there is nowhere in the scripture where we where it is mentioned that Israel was going to go through a Holocaust and only six million of the Hebrews were going to be killed. There is no mention of that in the scripture. And it's not even in the curses that there would be a holocaust 
that would last, you know, several years, and six million of you would be killed, and then I will gather you from Germany and bring you back to Israel, and I'll call all the nations and the Christian churches to give you money, and you'll and you'll build an army. There is no mention of that in Scripture. Hmm. So what I'm saying that to say. When we talk about going back into our homeland, we have to remember there's another scripture where the Lord, our God, says that he will cause the nations to come in and to rebuild the waste places. Mm-hmm. They will rebuild the, the waste places, and that's what they are doing. And the most I also said, when you come back into land, you will live in houses that you did not build. Yeah, you, yeah. Will, you will enjoy vineyards that you did not plant. In yeah. other words, the Most High is saying, "I'm, you know, as much as we, there's so much we don't understand because we were not taught, and we are just now waking up. We're waking up from a, a 400-year-old slumber, collectively. The collective mind of the Hebrew nation is waking up. Individually, we're, you know, we're waking up. We're like the neurons or the nervous system or the the cells." The nation of Israel is the organism, and we are waking up to this understanding. But there is a collective memory that as we each person comes alive and activates, it's like a cell, you know, sending out an electric current throughout the organism, and we get more information as we all start to emerge and become active and alive again as a nation of people. So what's happening is that those people are there doing their job. My father says they're the place markers. They're in the land. They're getting it ready for us. I mean, that's basically what's happening. So we're talking about a whole infrastructure. We're going to go in and take over those jobs. We're going to be. We're going to go into medicine. The Most High has many Hebrews that are doctors, that are that are nurses, that are surgeons, that are uh, dentists, orthodontists. I mean, there are um, ophthalmologists, optometrists. There's you know, there's we're all we're in every field. And do you think that Hebrew people need to wear glasses or have their teeth done? Absolutely. Do we need to um, do? You know, we have X-ray technicians. We've got people that are phlebotomists. We have doctors. We have lawyers. We have teachers. We have bus drivers, transport, uh, sanitation workers. We've got we've got a whole infrastructure within an infrastructure. The Most High has placed us in every area that we're going to need when we begin to go back into the land, we're going to be able to fill those positions and run a nation. Sister Eliana. Oh, yes. Sister Eliana, yes. if I can ask a question whenever you want, whenever I can, let me know. I'd like to jump in. i got a question for you. Okay. Oh, okay. Is you okay with it now? I just want to say to Sister Karen, Sister Karen, I think a lot of people feel like you feel. And um, when you start talking about something, the Father is going to, I like what Sister Eliana is saying, a lot of this is going to be, it's going to be a miracle. The Bible says that we won't talk about the first exodus. We're going to talk about the second exodus because it's going to be so great. So remember that, family and friends, listen to this show tonight. It's going to be great. In this show, 30 of these shows, it's not going to tell a fraction of what the Father is going to do. I just don't believe we have that kind of wisdom. We don't know. We just know this. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen, and it's going to be something mm-hmm. that the Father's going to do. 
Now, I am the, of the persuasion, like I said earlier, I have taken people to Israel. Now, even though I've taken them there, I've always said, especially to those in Demona, it's not the time now for the mass exodus. But people are telling me that the Father's putting in them to go to Israel now. I tell them I don't believe it's the time and that those that go now is probably going to suffer. They won't suffer probably directly because the, the, the Father will protect them if he calls them there now. Somebody has to... Some of the infrastructures already, like Sister Eliana uh, like said, has already been in effect. And I think some of our people that's going now, they are called to the Father to go down. But I don't think it's the mass exodus. I have a niece there now. I think she's a part of that. those people the Father called now. They'll probably see Israel destroyed. And then uh, people go say, well, why did the Father allow this to happen? Here comes the beta Israel. Here comes the true Israelites. You know, I think I think that that nation that's ruling there now has to be exposed, and a lot of stuff is going to go down. That's what I believe first. But let me just say this to you, Sister Karen, and those listening that have your doubts, because Sister Eliana, I think she has a calling on her life to to just run with this thing. And I think I I've been preaching forever, but I think some people have questions because you're talking about the the most the biggest thing to ever happen to us as a people, and there's going to be millions of questions, just remember, it's going to be a miracle. A lot of things are not going to be able to explain. I will just say this right here, though. When we get these questions, we've got to allow them and encourage them because, again, you're talking about something huge, huge. Leaving America, that's huge. Family is here. Security is here. You know, so this is something actually huge. And I'm, I'm just be real quickly here, but I just want to encourage those that have questions because we may can ask them. We may can, excuse me, answer them. But some of the questions we won't be able to answer. We just don't know yet. I don't know yet. I just know this. We're dying in this country. And I know that the Father said that he is going to remember his covenant. He is going to rem- uh, resurrect. He's going to resurrect us as a people. He said, come out of her, my people. He said, come out of her. A lot of us ain't going to come out of her because we'll be so in love. We know that. So most of the people will not go anywhere. But there is those that are having, that are thinking these kind of thoughts. That's why you tune into this show because you may be one of those people. So I welcome all the questions. Don't know if I can answer them. Don't know if Sister Eliana can answer them. But uh, we've got to start talking about it because going to happen is going to happen. I just want to say that really briefly. Yes, and it is going to happen. And so I want to encourage, that's my encouragement as well. But we shouldn't worry about those things because I believe that over here, where we are, we're being trained, and of course, it's a very, you know, it's a, an elaborate infrastructure, and there's jobs, that, you know, most of the most sides, a lot of us are in business for ourselves, and uh, we will be able to go right in and begin to acclimate. The, 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 the thing about Israel right now is that it's very secular. And the, 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 the understanding is that when, when believers go to Israel, they're very thrown off because we call it the Holy Land. We're told in our scriptures and in our churches that it's the Holy Land. And we go over there and we see all this pagan activity and all of this secularism. It's really shocking that 
all of this could be happening in Israel. But when the Most High brings us back, he's going to cleanse us first. And that's the part of the wilderness. That's really the unknown part is the going to a place really to be cleansed where a place prepared for us. Now, that's where our brother Kalo, who had been on last week, was talking about Ghana, West Africa. I've heard people say that before, different places, you know, West Africa. We don't know if that's really it, but it's close. One of the reasons most people choose it is because Africa, again, we, I said earlier, the Hamitic people look very much like the Hebrew people. It's easier for us to feel comfortable and to blend in amongst the, the Hamitic people, the Hamites. And the um, in the West Africans, most of those people, a lot of them are Hamites. But we share so close uh, a, a kindred and look and everything that we go over there, no one's looking at us strange like, oh, my God, did you see the chocolate people? They're here. <laughs> Head for the hills, honey. Get your gun. You know, that's none of that. So that's why a, uh, a lot of people are thinking, you know, that Ghana and places like that in West Africa would be great for us, and maybe maybe it is the most high that's going to draw us into that as our wilderness, which is not a wilderness in the sense of nothing, no vegetation, the most high feeding us with quail and, you know, Moses coming and splitting a rock in half to feed over a million people, I mean, to give water to over a million people. You know, the most time might do that, but he may not do it that way. He might have us come in among a people and be able to settle and acclimate, come up out of what's going on in our nation here, and then move on into Israel with our skills and talents and businesses and, and all of the knowledge that we have and begin to be a working people and ready for leadership in government. But what one of the things about Israel is that the flair of Israel is going to change. It's not going to be a secular nation when we're there. It's going to be a spiritual nation. It's going to be a holy nation because that is what – Israel is supposed to be, the land is supposed to be holy, and the people living in the land can only enjoy the fruits and benefits of the land because of their righteousness to the Father and their holy living and their holy way of life. And so that's um, why we were taken out of the land, and that is the requirement for us to go back into the land to be established. So it won't be the secular, but a lot of infrastructure has been built has been laid down, the foundations are for us, and we already know how to do the jobs um, across our nation. We know how to do, we know how to run offices, we know how to run convenience stores, we know how to fly airplanes, we know how to work in the airlines. We, we are already there in the, in, the, in the countries of our diaspora, so going into the nation and really settling, we would be able and remember, the Most High is going to make Israel a, a praise in all the earth. So then it will be the place where all the nations will want to come, will want to fellowship and want to seek the Most High. So, you know, I don't know if tourism will be the business, but certainly people coming for spiritual pilgrimage, true spiritual pilgrimage will be. So those airlines and those airwaves are going to be open, and we're going to be open for the business of the Most High in, a, in that way. 
so that's what I see. I and spiritually, when we come in, it's not going to be this walking out in the desert with our sandals and you know our water jug and maybe our lunch sack and we're holding on to each other and and going single file. I believe the Father is going to gather us, as he says, but we, that's like Brother Seth said, there's so many parts of this, we don't know yet the the details, but we do know that we're being prepared. It is going to happen, and we feel it. We know that we're being uprooted from the United States. We know that we're being uprooted from is from, from England and from Japan, China, from Russia, uh, Germany, the Netherlands, we're being uprooted right now as a people, and uh, we know we're coming out from the Philippines and, and all of these other places um, that we have been living in, and the Most High is doing it. So it can't, it's not one man. It's not when Dr. Martin Luther King said, let's just march, and we're going to go across that bridge, and all the people said, we're going to come with you. It's not that. That was, that was the move of the Most High in Selma, Alabama, but that wasn't what the Most High was saying. He's not saying that today. It's going to be a greater move. It's going to be a supernatural move. No one person is going to take credit for the move. It's just going to happen. It's going to cause the nations to stand up and say, whoa, wait a minute. Sister Eliana, can I say one thing and then I have to? um... Yes. Bow out gracefully after to go to emergency. Um, one of the things I wanted to say, not only this is going to be a permanent move, <laughs> a complete move, uh, and the reason why I say that is because we will no longer go back into slavery again. We are not going to go back the same way. So with God, when he comes to do what he's doing this time, it's going to be a permanent place or a permanent dwelling. Yet we are going to have our, uh, so to speak, giants in the land. We're going to have some battles that we're going to have to do, but there are going, there's going to be periods of time in between those battles. <coughs> but this is going to be a permanent, permanent place. Uh, for the people, this is the place that he had given. He has given us. This is this is our home. This is it. And a lot of the people that are moving into Ghana and all of these other places, remember the scripture speaks of how many will cross over into Israel on dry land. Because a lot of the people are going to already be there in Ghana and various places, but they're going to come on on into Israel uh, on dry land. So this is what we're seeing is such a beautiful thing. We don't like everyone is saying we don't have all we don't have all the details, but we know that something is happening and it's going to happen. Is one of the most exciting things that could be happening for us as a people because we are finally coming into a place of connection, knowing who we are. The struggle of trying to find out who we who we are as a people and who we're connected to now that we're coming into the understanding that we are the Hebrew people, this awakening is such a beautiful thing. And as uh, Sister Eliana was saying about living in the houses that we did not build, they are doing what they're supposed to be doing uh, for the time and the time and 
uh, for time and times and a season that they have to be there to tread on the outer court of, 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 of the temple. So they're there to do what they're doing. And so it's a beautiful thing uh, that's happening. But the, the awakening for us, uh, the dry bones coming together, the awakening of us as a people coming to realize that we can live and we will live and that God is blowing his, uh, his spirit upon us. Yah is blowing his ruach upon us in a way that we've never, ever experienced because what he's getting ready to do with us this time is going to be everlasting because he, as I read in Deuteronomy 6, he said he's going to circumcise the heart, you see, uh, to cut away the foreskin of the heart, all that that caused us to go astray, to seek other gods, to seek after other uh, nations to, to to want to do what he's going to cut away all that foreskin of the heart. Mm. Thank you, Father. And then he's going to get us right to serve him and him only. I, I think it's such a beautiful thing that's happening. And, and we should look up and know that our redemption is drawing nigh, but we should have a just an expectancy in our spirit, our expectancy in our soul, knowing that our Redeemer liveth and that he's coming to get us and he's coming to bring us home. And that to me that's very exciting. You know, uh, it's just a wonderful thing that's happening right now. It's just awesome. Yet we don't have all the components. Like uh, Sister Eliana said, we don't know what the wilderness part is, but I believe the wilderness part will deal with the circumcision, you see, <laughs> when he's circumcising the heart. And we're coming into that place of repentance and coming into that place of, of recognizing that our sins were against the Father and him alone were there against, and that we need to be cleansed and uh, and washed uh, so that we can be led in that path of everlasting. So I say all of that to say, and I say now also good night. Thank you, Sister Eliana. Uh, I will talk to you soon, and Sister Karen. And, and thank you for being in on the show and adding your uh, wisdom and insight. And um, good night to you. All right, thank you. Yes, Sister Kaviva, thank you for tuning in and, and helping out tonight. Okay, so that was that was wonderful. So again, we we're talking about the preparation, and so. What we do know is that we're coming out. Here's some things if, if as we recap because I know it's um we're we're winding down and in a little in about another ten minutes Seth is gonna start doing our closing into uh, remarks and, and winding down the show. Well first of all I wanna say on the recap, we know that we're leaving. We know that the it's not just us, but many of us will be in individually prompted to go ahead with our families. And that's okay. As long as it's the most high leading you, do it. If you are feeling afraid and you're running, you have to not go in fear. You have to go in faith. You have to know that it is the most high. The scripture said whatever is not done in faith is sin. So we have to go knowing that the most high is leading us, not in fear of what this nation is doing to us, 
but knowing that the Most High is calling us. And when you know that, if you're feeling like after listening to these shows, maybe for over a few months and you're feeling like, you know what, I want to do this, know that if it's the Most High, he will lead you, he will guide you. He will tell you whether or not to go to Ghana, West Africa right now, or to go straight to the land of Israel and connect, because there are several camps, or several, not camps, there are several moves of the Most High in Israel. There is the one that went out in the back in the early 60s or late 50s, and that is the, the, the people that are in Demona, still our people. They came out under a directive and a mandate, but as we mentioned uh, on the show uh, last week, there's movement. The Most High is stirring the waters in Demona. And so they are not under the same mindset and mandate, so you don't have to fear if you feel the Most High is leading you to Demona. But as if you're feeling led to go to Israel, know that there are other Hebrews that are living in uh, in Israel, in different places in Israel. There are many different towns and, and, and places in Israel, and there are Hebrews moving in, and the Most High is establishing them. So if you're feeling called... You you need to do that. If you're not feeling it's time for you to go right now, that's quite okay. You're gathering knowledge because there's going to be a great collective move, and there are going to be smaller moves, individual, family, group moves. But we're talking about that greater exodus where the nations stand up and take note, and that is the preparation we're talking about the most high is already preparing individuals. As a matter of fact, I was considering moving to Israel several years ago. Um, I was ready to go ahead and move out of here to Israel. Um, But I didn't do it. There were a few things that kept me here, and I I didn't do it. But I was ready to to go. Matter of fact, I do have have my certificate in medical uh, assisting, and I was moving more into the medical field, and I have a standing invitation at one of the oldest hospitals in Jerusalem and I was I was told to come and uh, they would have a place for me if I wanted to go into the medical field they told me you know we are, we would welcome you here and we would you know work with you and hire you so I have an invitation so I can move right in you know to his Hebrew society or Israel Israeli society I do speak a little Hebrew and um, I could move right in, and I do have some friends over there that are not Hebrew Israelites, but they're Jewish people that I befriended, but I also know some Hebrew Israelites. So, you know, I have a few options if I wanted to go right now. I could do it, just settle up and go. But um, what I'm really saying is if the Most High is leading you to go, go. Don't be afraid because he's going to prepare the way every step of the way for you. But if he if you don't feel that you're being led right now, then don't move right now. Continue to learn, gather knowledge, be strengthened, be encouraged. Also be in fellowship. And I, I heard Seth say this about maybe a couple shows back, that sometimes it's the fellowship is right here on five smooth stones. It's right here on this line. We're fellowshipping with one another. We're connecting with one another. We're talking about things that you can't talk about in the churches, but we love the Most High. We are people of the Most High. We're believers, 
and we, uh, our lives are governed by spiritual principles. And sometimes this is the fellowship. So stay connected because, you know, our host, Brother Seth, is very gracious to allow us to have this discussion. As he said, he truly believes that we are the people and that we are coming out. But he brings a broad table. He sets a wide table for the people of the Most High. And it's not just for us. He says it over again. It's for everyone, whosoever will. It's for all the nations, particularly Israel. It's for his great larger family members. It's for anyone who's feeling called to learn. And he brings and sets a wide table of variety. So maybe we're not talking always about us being Hebrews. Maybe we're talking about some other things, but it's all related to walk with the Most High, and how we can get a better understanding and be better servants to the Most High. But if we know that we're the Hebrew people, we need to be moving. So that's why I wanted to say, you know, the Father is doing this, and we know that he's going to set the way for us. This is scriptural. It's before our time. It's before our grandparents' time. It's for our great-grandparents' time. He said these things to Abraham over 500 of, uh, well, 4,000 years ago, more than 500 years ago, he said it to Abraham. So this is something that if none of us can change. We're just the generation that happened to be privileged, and I, I really give praise to the Most High. I don't know how I could have lived through Jim Crow. I don't know how I could have lived through uh, coming out in the right at the tip of the 1800s at the end of at the emancipation. I don't know if I could have survived it, but the Most High placed me in time right here at this moment for this, for this move. And he and all of us, all of us here today, we have been calibrated to be at this very moment, at this very hour, for this very thing that the Most High has given us. So we're waking up to it. And we have to remember, it is the Father's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. But as, as Brother Seth said, as Sister Kavita said, as Sister Karen was saying, we don't know how it's all going to happen. It is going to be glorious. It is a mystery. It is permanent. We'll never go back into slavery. The Most High is doing this great and wonderful thing. And we are a part of it. And so we should be thankful. We should give much thanks, much praise to the Most High for placing us for such a time as this. Sister Karen, do you have anything to say? Um, I just want to thank everyone that has contributed tonight. It's really an eye-opener. I appreciate the time that you took to explain and help me to understand. And I do think it's so important that I stay connected. So, again, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to be on the line last week as well as tonight. All right. Well, that's such a blessing. It's so wonderful that you could put that input in all the way from Mesa, Arizona. I thank the Father for you and, and being able to add the input, the insight. I know that you are connected to a great body of uh, women believers, and I know that you have much to relate to them and to share uh, we look forward to doing some more fellowshipping um, along those lines with more understanding for our people. So I really appreciate you being a part of this uh, discussion tonight. 
All right. Well, Brother Seth, I'm going to turn it over to you for yes, for yes. your remarks. And, and, uh, and I want to say this to Karen. Thank you as well. Appreciate your input for the night. Really do. Well, Sister Eliana, were you done? Go ahead. I just want to say something to Karen before she runs. Yes, I was turning it back over to you, uh, our gracious host, and thank you so much. You were true to your word. You did go in the background, and um, but I know that you have much on your heart to say. I really appreciate for you, you giving us the platform and allowing this topic to be discussed on Five Smooth Stones. Thank you so much for that, and I do want to turn it back into your hands tonight. Well, sister, I really appreciate your contribution as well, and not just tonight, but just over the months. You've come in and really helped bring clarity and, and a sense of class to, not that we didn't already have class, but you're just a really classy lady and uh, a serious, on-time, powerful, uplifting word from the Most High. And I appreciate the Ruach and uh, what he has done in your life and, and how you are uh, just artic- how you have articulated that tonight. Uh, so just know that I really appreciate you, okay? So Thank you. So that was Sister Eliana all the way from Merced, California. And I just want to... Just thank the sisters again. I really appreciate it. And I thank you, the listeners in the archive, the listeners on, on the phone, live, still hanging on. Those of you still listen to the show right now as we speak. It's been a pretty long show, and you've still been hanging on. I really, really thank you for listening. But more importantly, you know, you need to thank yourself for being interested in your own spiritual health because I'm telling you, folks, you can't get this kind of information in, in most churches. Hardly no churches, really. Number one, they don't believe we're Israel. They're looking at those people over in Israel that don't meet none of these characteristics. They didn't come to that land, according to the scriptures, from all four corners. It wasn't the move of the Most High. It wasn't like the Father said, when I bring you back, you're not going to talk about the first Exodus. You're going to talk about this, uh, the, the, the second. That's not what happened. People, they came into that land, and the Palestinians have been fighting ever since. So they're, they're not the people. Where are the people? Well, obviously, we've submitted tonight that we are those people, and we have, we're going to return. African Americans just one of the tribes. We're going to return from all four corners. And like to see Eliana say, this is the message for the world. This ain't just for black folks. This ain't a black message. This is for all ethnos, every group under the sun. This is your message. Now you know who Yah's people is. You know who the people of the Bible is. What are you going to do about it? Some of you are doing pretty good financially. You know, you've been able to live a good life and put your kids through college and all that. Well, why don't you fund something more real than even that education system for your kids that you know is poisoning their minds? Fund a real system. Fund a real movement of the Most High. Some of you, some of our brothers and sisters are doing a lot, a lot better than we are uh, of a different ethnic group. Again, fund it. Put some money behind it. Not necessarily five smooth stones, but not, I'm hoping I'm included in that, but not necessarily this this network. But just look for some ways to get this message out. Put it at your church. Tell your pastors, if nothing else, to take down those white images. Those white images have wreaked havoc upon our planet. And that's the first thing we got to do, TBN, is take down these white images. You pastors scared to death the church going to be set, separated because you bring out this truth. How are you going to have Israelites for your flock and you don't tell them they're Israelites? Not, everything you're telling them would come alive even more if they knew that Bible was about them. 
I don't understand that. I remember a young man I was able to uh, show in the scriptures how we Israel, and that was the one thing. <laughs> he, he was the gentleman that learned we was an Israelite faster than anybody I ever shared it with in all of the years I've been talking about this. And his name is Brother Adrian. But Brother Adrian caught on to this so quickly. And the one thing that caused him to stumble to this very day is he kept saying, how is it that these pastors are sitting there talking to Israelites and they're teaching this history of the Israelites, but they won't tell the Israelites that's them in history? And I thought that was fascinating. That was one of his first beefs with the church. And it's been a long beef of mine. But anyway, all that is going to change because the tsunami is coming. And whether or not you want to move or no matter how dry you are, you're going to get wet. It's coming. It has nothing to do with Sister Eliana. It has nothing to do with Brother Seth in terms of we're not sending it. It's the move of the Most High. It's bigger than all of us, all of these people in New York that's misrepresenting it. It's bigger than them. It's bigger than the Church of God in Christ that initially said it. It's bigger than all these black organizations that, that came to Prophet Cherry and all these people ever since we came to these shores that's been preaching this. It's bigger than all of them. This is the Most High. This relates to European. This relates to all of the continents. This relates to Wall Street. This relates to wars. This relates to everything going on on our planet. Everything evolves around the scriptures. Certain things must be done that it might be fulfilled. Certain things must be done that it might be fulfilled. And Israel is all up in prophecy, Bible prophecy, what the Most High is doing, and the economies of the world all of this stuff just kind of swirls around these 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 truths, this this history. You'd be surprised, brothers, before I go close the show out. You'd be surprised to know how much of the international market has to do with Israelites. One day we need to talk about that. How much of entertainment has to do with Israelites? You'd be surprised to know how much of our world, every essence, every crack, every major thing that happens in our world, how much it has to do with Israel, either being put in captivity or either them, something to, done to keep them in captivity or something done for them to wake up or something done to them being restored. All of these global events is powerful, powerful, powerful. Well, anyway, hopefully you understood tonight what it was all about. Again, I know many of you think this is ludicrous. So, I, mean, I know you're out there. And I don't want to lose you either because, again, if you listen to this show, the Father is moving with you too, and I don't want to throw you under the bus. Continue to listen. Go back and listen to part one, part two. Pray about it and just see where the Father leads you, folks. Again, he is resurrecting a remnant of his people. I have really enjoyed this show. Don't know what we're going to do next week. Stay tuned. I'll send messages out. Go to my Facebook. I'll also put messages there as well. Well, listen, folks. I love every single one of you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm going to play a song I think that's relevant. This is Luther Barn talking about it's your time. I don't know if you ever heard this song or not, but it's very, very relevant to this nation. Because truly, it is our time. What kind of father would allow us to just go through, go through, go through, and never have the kind of results that we talked about tonight, and never bring us out? Every major empire has fallen 
Now, Sister Eliana and millions of people have already said next year, as well as myself, next year is 400 years. Captivity has come to an end for Israel. You don't have to believe it. You can fight it. You can start a protest against it. But it don't mean you're going to stop it. If it's the Father's word, there ain't nothing you can do about it. If you don't change with the weather, when the when when a winter time comes, you can you can protest, stand out there with your shorts on, saying I don't want it to be, you know, cold. You will freeze to death, my friend. Again, we are Israel. In our time, deliverance is at hand. Our mental deliverance is at hand. Hebrew Israelite is the fastest growing expression. Right now, I don't want to say religion, fastest spiritual expression right now, growing spiritual expression right now on the planet. Good night. Again, I love every single one of you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it.
you who have been working in the vineyard for the Lord for what seems like a lifetime. You have dreamed and you've worked towards things that you wanted to accomplish for yourself. But somehow your biggest goals always seem to be just out of your reach. But the Lord told me to tell you that he knows who you are. Yes, he's seen your work and he's also seen your tears. And he wants you to know today that you're not forgotten. He's here to reward you for all your faithfulness. But he said in his word that if you would delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, not only will he give you what you need, but he promised to give you whatever you want. So don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Hang in there. And prepare yourself for your blessing. It's your time now. 